Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil, and this is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between. However you're listening, wherever you are in the world, you know what to do. Like and subscribe, five-star review, yada, yada, yada. More importantly today, my incredible guest, I have Nathaniel Jewell. He is the CEO and founder of Recess, also former Apple employee. So we'll see what we can get out of him there. Nate, how you doing today, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Michael. Excited to be here. Pleasures all mine, man. Not too often do I get to talk to cool people like yourself. I do it about two times a week, I'd say, <laughs> uh, outside of my normal friend group. But no, sincerely do appreciate you coming on. Excited to learn more about Recess. Excited to learn more about your time at Apple and some of the things that you did with that Nike deal that they have going on. But more importantly, Nate, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Didn't see that one coming, Michael. No? What? That's crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you know, I grew up playing sports, I think, like so many people. So sports, I mean, probably from the moment I could walk, I was on skates playing hockey. And uh, I've always loved sports, team sports especially. Uh, played them all the way through high school and, and then club sports and into college and stuff. It, it's just, they're, they're amazing. I mean, the camaraderie you build, the, the team building, there's so much applicable to, like, the rest of your life. And then just the love of watching sports. And you know, I'm from originally from the Boston area, so I'm a pretty diehard Boston sports fan, uh, which many people probably don't love. Um, but you know, no matter where you are in the world, if I'm wearing a Red Sox hat or a Patriot shirt, I mean, you can someone sees it, they start chatting with you, and it's like you know your friends. And sports just brings people together in, in so many cool ways, and it's just it's just awesome. There's nothing like watching someone that you love on sports win championship or a team win a championship, and, and of course the heartbreak that comes with that too when they lose and. It's just something I think brings, uh, especially in the U.S. and other countries, just society together and people together. And it's just awesome. Sports are awesome. It's the easiest community builder, right? Like playing yeah. the sports is easy because you're, you're, you're with the boys, you're with the girls, you're hanging out, you're doing your thing. And you guys all have this in common. But as you said, right, like I always say all the time, if I walk into anywhere on planet Earth and someone has a Mets shirt on or a Mets jersey or a sweatshirt, easiest way to start hey you what do you think like that's as easy as it gets and you have a great conversation from there maybe a good conversation i don't know boston fans are a little crazy so i wouldn't be surprised uh, if you have some good and some bad conversations there right but i am curious about right so you, you worked at apple so i don't know let's call it one of the biggest companies on planet earth i don't know about the, the exact timeline you were there but I, I i'm gonna safe to say that and you're also in the entrepreneurial space a little bit now obviously as the founder ceo of recess i'm kind of curious from the sports aspect, you know, growing up playing sports your whole life, what did you learn? And you even said this, it's applicable in all areas of your life. What did you learn that you were able to pull into each side of your business life, let's call it, where, hey, you need this specific skill set to work at a gigantic company like Apple. You also need a completely different skill set to start and run your own company. So what are some of those things that you actually did learn that you were able to apply to other parts of your life? Well, I, so playing team sports, I mean, it's a team. So playing ice hockey, mostly growing up, like you don't win with just one player. You don't win with just two players. It's it's the whole team. And I think realizing that you're part of a team and, you know, even things like who's going to run the team, the leadership of the team, it's all voted. And it's, and even if you don't have the C on your Jersey or the A on your Jersey, it's still, how do you influence the rest of the team? How do you play your part in the team and, and kind of help the team? And, and then that just, I mean, carries through. Um, I don't think I appreciated how much sports helped me in business until five, seven, eight years into being in, in kind of the working world and in business and everything. But, you know, early in my career, you don't, you weren't, I wasn't a manager. I didn't have a title where in theory, there's this authority that comes with your title. So you had to lead through, through influence. 
And I think even more stark was once you start to get promoted and have like that manager title or senior manager title is you, just because you have a title doesn't mean you're going to be a great leader. doesn't mean people are going to follow you and, and bringing back to the sports and, well, how did it work in the locker room? What was it that made the team gel? It wasn't just the time on ice. It wasn't just the dry land training. It was everything else in between how we joked and had fun in the locker room, went out for beers after the game or whatever it was. And you bring that through, I think, in, in terms of the companies you work at and how do you build the camaraderie? How do you build the culture? Um, how do you build uh, the team? And, and then what are the roles everyone has on the team? And and that's, I think, a lot of what I learned from sports on maybe the leadership and team building spot side. And then the other piece was just the dedication. You know, it's practice, 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 practice. And then, of course, you, you know, then had the chance to perform in the game. And I think work is, is no different. Let's say I'm presenting when I was at, at Apple to, to my leadership, the, the VPs, or even sometimes when we had to present to the CEO, you know, you're practicing and you're working on those decks like day in, day out, you know, 15, 18 hours a day for weeks until you get it right. You know, memorizing the information, understand the stories for that, you know, one shot uh, to kind of present it out. So it's the practice, the routine, but enjoying it. And I think that's something I love is getting in the weeds of anything and, and working through the problem. Uh, and ultimately, you know, getting to a final solution. But I think that's what sports teach you is how to prep um, and then how to perform and then how to work together. Well, I think what is it? I think it was Marvin Harrison, if I'm not mistaken, that had an awesome quote. It's like they pay me to practice. Like I'll play the games for free. That's the fun part. But they pay me exactly. to practice. Exactly. That's yeah. the hard part, right? That's where you you put in the hours, as you said. You try and get everything situated and good for that, as you said, one shot. And so I'm I'm curious about one of those shots you had at Apple. You were part of a massive team, right? You we're we're gonna give the rest of your teammates all the accolades in the world, but I'm not <laughs> talking to any of them, Nate. I'm talking to you. You were you had a, a hand, let's call it, in the Apple and the Nike deal that went down, especially when the Apple Watch came about, right? I got my my Fitbit on. I have friends that have Apple Watches. Everybody, you know, my wife's got this. Everybody has one. And that's really the, the market leader, let's say. But the the interesting part about Apple is is they're very, very, very focused on the fitness space. And obviously that does come with the the Apple Watch. And obviously, if you're focused on fitness, you're gonna want to partner with a, an incredible brand like Nike, right? They're what do, what do people think about when they think about the swoosh? They think about running, think about basketball, right? You think about playing these sports. So I'm kind of curious, like, what are some of these things that you learned that you can tell us from this type of deal that you were then able to say, hey, like, this is bigger than I expected, or or there's things here that I could potentially, I don't know, use later on in life, say, when I found a company for wellness professionals. Yeah, I think there are a few things. We worked on a, a bunch of deals um, as we were doing the Apple Watch, which was phenomenal. So I got to see how kind of we worked with different companies. And, and Nike, I mean, you have two just, you know, na household name brands. And the loss of ego, I think, in those two brands saying, let's work together on this. This is something cool that's coming to market. So how do we make this, you know, happen? You know, Apple obviously has the watch. Nike has their brand with the Nike running app and everything. Um, and there was obviously Nike bands that came out, special bands you could buy in the Nike stores and, and buy the watch in Nike stores. And just going through that and seeing how these two brands are like, we're doing something to help people that's for fitness, that's for exercise. Let's put our egos aside. It's not just Apple. It's not just Nike way. And let's make it work. And I think that was pretty neat because um, you could, I think many people at the time could argue that neither one needed the other, um, but they wanted each other. And they said, if we work together, we make something really cool. And then the other, the other thing that uh, I think translates a little bit now um, is, is Nike is a, a company for fitness and apparel and everything is, is a company we look up to all the time. 
and being able to travel to the campus um, when we were working uh, with Nike and to see the campus and see how they think about sports, because that's all they are, and they're sports. Yep. I and mean, they just love sports through and through and, and seeing how they name the buildings and the people that you see walking through the through the campus, you know, the athletes and stuff when, when we were there, you'd see about, and just how it's their lifeblood and how their their whole goal is, how do you make sports for everybody? And it's it's something that I think I hadn't appreciated about Nike just as a regular consumer until we were working on the deal and them taking us through their presentations and their decks about um, everyone's an athlete. And, and that's a, that's a big thing for them. There's, there's, there's no size shape look of what an athlete is. Everyone's an athlete. Um, and it, I think that's really carried forward with how we built our first company drift, which pivoted into recess and now re recess and that we, we aren't an exclusive place. We want to be the most accessible, inclusive platform there is. And there's a lot of that Nike that resonates. And then, Again, back to the Apple and working with Nike, just how Apple thinks about the customer journey and the product and every single touch point from walking into a store to testing it out to when you get the box. I mean, all that I think is also carried with me. So two, the, the opportunity and luck I had to work with just two iconic companies and the lessons I could pull from that is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, just there, there's so many things I'm sure that you could learn that uh, uh, maybe, maybe off the record I could ask you about. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think it's just interesting, right? You get to see... Just that hand in hand, as you said, and, and the coolest part about it was being able to see the Nike campus. I mean, if that's not, I mean, maybe not like a top 10, top 20, that's on <laughs> a bucket list, right? Like I would love to go there. As you said, the way they named the buildings, I think Serena really, Serena Williams just got her building, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like the biggest on the campus, obviously, considering how incredible of an athlete she is. And, and you're so right. Everyone is an athlete, right? Like I talk about it constantly on the show. If you've heard like a single episode you've you've heard about how much i love walking like i love walking i got out on three walks today it's like awesome. peak this is the top man like I, I i i can only go down from here because i love listening to music hanging out listening to the birds chirp walk around i mean listen to some grateful dead on like a spring day i'm not like a deadhead or anything but some grateful dead on a spring day walking around it's, it's just beautiful there's nothing like it and you know, maybe I don't consider myself an athlete, but Nike considers me an athlete. Fitbit might consider me an athlete. Apple, right? So I'm kind of curious, like what, I guess, what was Drift? What is Recess? And, and what are you guys trying to do and who are you trying to help? Yeah, Drift was a physical fitness studio. Uh, it was a high intensity training studio. There, it was two sides of the room. So you'd rotate between water rowers and benches. Uh, so for people out there that know like a Barry's boot camp, you know, Barry's, same idea, just, just uh, rowers instead of treadmills with one slight spin in that it was mobile. So we built this massive mobile studio, it was on wheels. We'd open up in front of the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, 40 person class, and it was truly epic. Uh, launched it in August of 2019. So fast forward a few months and it's mm. March of 2020. So yeah. we shut down like the rest of the world and we were pretty new doing the Zoom thing like everyone else. And you know, the idea we had wasn't rocket science because a lot of other people had the same idea, but we said, how do we help uh, trainers? Uh, how do we help instructors? Everyone that's lost their gyms and their studios and by building the tooling, because at the time, uh, two years ago now, people are using Venmo and Instagram and Zoom and trying to just cobble stuff together to make ends meet, um, truly make ends meet for a lot of these trainers. And we said, you know what, we think we could do this a little bit better than what they're doing. Let's build the tooling. Uh, and we started down that path. But in building the tooling, we also said there isn't just one side to this equation, which are the creators, the trainers. There's that side. There's also the consumer side. And not the consumer side in terms of necessarily how you build a product for consumers, because there is a ton. There's Peloton, there's Apple, there's all these companies. They're great companies. Lots of companies try to help the consumers of fitness, but it's actually how do we help the consumers and the creators by bringing the consumers credit? How do we do that lead gen to help these creators grow, these fitness trainers grow, and then also give them 
the experience of the clients that other companies give? How do we help these trainers give a premium experience, not just the tooling, but that front end? So we, we started working on that. And we launched uh, actually on the one year anniversary of Drift in August, 2020, we launched Recess, um, which was pretty cool. It was not intentional, very serendipitous, but it happened. And then since then, it's been you know almost two years of building tooling and building a platform or product for creators. And everything about what we do is the ethos of the creator and the trainers. How do we help them? Um, we don't charge anything uh, for instructors and, and creators that use our platform. It's 100% free. So they, if they charge $100 for a membership, they get $100 in their bank account. Um, we actually reimburse health insurance based on their revenue, something that even many gyms and studios don't do. Uh, and these trainers don't work for us, right? They're their own independent uh, entrepreneurs. So everything we do is how do we help them grow their business to sustain, make a real income? Um, so it's it's been a fantastic journey. And we would not have been able to do recess without Drift because being in fitness and doing the studio and understanding and learning a lot absolutely translated. And we wouldn't be doing recess if COVID haven't happened. So there's obviously lots of external things that happen along the way and luck or un unlucky things and kind of make the most of it. Yeah, I'm I'm all for turning a negative into a positive, and you guys were able, clearly able to do that. It sounded like Drift was pretty cool, as you said, like you know, being <laughs> being mobile uh, and the opportunities that come with that. You know, just around you know, just in in today's age, content, right? But also just how fun that would be. Just you know, hey, Golden Gate Bridge, you guys want to work out there? Sure, let's do that. That's awesome. So how? So I understand, right? Everyone thing went Zoom, everything went mobile, but where does this specific idea come from? Because I'm sure there's a hundred different ways that you guys could have went with this. Why was this the one idea that you guys came up with that said, hey, like this is something that we think you know fills a need, but also we could execute on at the highest level. So it it starts in drift a little bit, but actually probably dates back even to, to Apple and other companies. So when when I was starting drift um, in in launching it, we said, how does the fitness industry work today? How do they treat treat trainers and instructors, and what do they pay them? And we kind of were scratching our heads at a lot of ways that trainers and instructors were treated. We said, why? So in launching drift, we said, we're gonna treat them differently. The base pay was two or three x what other studios would pay. We were offering equity, gave everyone equity, all this, all the trainers, um, healthcare, all this kind of stuff. And that was really important. I'm like, let's do things different. Let's just do it the right way. Forget about how the industry has been treated. And then when we went on Zoom and COVID happened, we opened up our website and said, any trainer out there that wants to use our booking platform, use our services just to be able to teach your classes, just do it. You get to you keep your revenue. I think at the time we were letting the trainers keep like 95% of revenue. So we cover our Zoom costs and other things. We were trying to figure out you know, our own business model. And we just said, let's help. And in helping, we, we saw that we were helping. We had trainers from like Europe and Australia, like not a lot, but a couple using it. We're like, this is really cool. We're a little tiny company in San Francisco. And we just kind of opened our arms to the instructor world because it was our ethos. And again, as I said, tons of other people had the same idea, but we said, you know what? Something's working here. Trainers obviously need some tooling. We're cobbling our current system together, just like they're cobbling their stuff together. So there's, there's probably a way to do this. The real inflection point came in April. It was like mid to late April um, because we were using Zoom. We said, there's gotta be something better out there. Like, why is everyone using Zoom? But then Barry's started using Zoom. And we said, there isn't anything better out yeah. there. Okay, like that's like, if they're gonna use Zoom, then yep. that's it, that's what we got. So that was the inflection point. We said, you know what, forget about this. We're gonna go build something. Um, and in building something, it's not just the booking and the scheduling and all that and the payment management we built. We built our own video product so that people can use our video instead of Zoom. They can still use Zoom if they, they really love it, but we built a video product that's more inclined towards fitness, has timers on the screen and stuff like that. And then, you know, I think looking at other industries and how products have been built in other industries kind of in this creator world, 
We said, do we want to build a quote unquote B2B SaaS product or we want to build more of a creator economy? And if we build a creator economy, there's two sides to that equation. So then we started looking, I think, Airbnb and Etsy. We said, how does everyone else do it? Let's actually go build something that helps both sides of the equation. There's, it's just a lot of outside influences. There's us struggling in March as we were running our own business on Zoom, seeing what some of our competition was doing. And then it's kind of light bulb just went off. It's like, let's go do it. Now, again, as I said, 100 other people did it. Fast forward two years, there's actually not that many left. So we've been able to, to weather the storm of the massive expansion and then kind of very quick con- uh, kind of contraction there. But it's been awesome. Um, and yeah. Yeah, no. And, and I think, I mean, I've spoken with people, you know, I've had, you know, I think your episode 296, 297. And I've had people come on here and pretty much describe almost exactly like what you're talking about. Obviously not to, to, quite to the same extent, right? As you said, you created this creator economy. You're looking more towards that Airbnb style. Um of, of offering. So I guess, you know, as you said, there was all these hundreds of people that came out. Some of them did some things I'm sure very great and others very terribly along the way where there was like, were you guys paying attention? Maybe like, Oh, they do that really cool, but they do this bad. Why don't we just take this idea from them and that idea from them? And like, where did you also find some more of the influences to really be able to put together the product that you guys have now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely, there's things we did horrendous, you know, just compared to, <laughs> to compared to competition and there's things we did really well. And you're always learning and you're learning from what are the creators on our platform saying? Like they'll see things, their friends might use a different platform. Like, Hey, can we do this? You'll take that information. You'll hear it from the consumers. We're watching all the competition because it was early. So we're seeing what features everyone else is releasing. Does that make sense? Should we do that? Um, and then again, ancillary industries, we're looking at what other products and other, other industries are doing and what can we pull and it's been a constant learning. When when we launched the product, we call it let's call it Dash 1.0 for all the trainers and instructors in August of 2020. We kind of just let that live, band-aided that, band-aided that, band-aided that. And then uh, October of this past year, we said, okay, we're at the point where we can't keep band-aiding this because like we've learned a lot now over the past year plus. So we decided to go on a path of completely blowing up our product and really starting over. And we're launching our dashboard 2.0, which is a complete rebuild from the ground up uh, in May. And it's going to be truly exciting when that launches. It's, it's, it's just so different. It's really going to give all the creators way more tools and ability to manage their communities and their businesses a lot better. Um, but it's learning. You're constantly learning, especially the early days of the startup. You just you can't assume what you're doing is the best out there. Like You just have to keep learning, keep adjusting, and keep, keep kind of changing how you're going about it. Going back to sports, right? There's always someone out there better than you. So you right. got to keep working. You got to keep doing stuff. So I'm curious, right? You said if someone comes onto the platform, charges $100, they get $100. Well, like, how do you guys make money, Nate? <laughs> That's pretty important, right? So draw, it is important. Yeah, we, we can't just be spending, spending without. Uh, it would be cool. How fun would that be? It's just like, hey, spend <laughs> as much money as you want and worry about nothing. That sounds Unlimited like a lot bank of fun. Account. Right? That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we again pulling from other industries. We said there's a lot of other industries kind of that do similar things around creating these platforms, and we do a transaction fee on every purchase that goes to the consumer. So if the trainer says it's hundred dollars, the consumer will pay one hundred and five dollars, one hundred and seven dollars. There's a there's a variable rate that they that they pay, and that's worked out really well. And uh, it's it's proven to be a really successful business model. It's a, and it's a business model that has worked for hundreds of other companies and other industries, which is why we kind of leveraged it. Um, and we also mix that with our own currency. So pulled a little kind of gaming uh, learnings in there. So when you come to the site, instead of spending dollars, you spend tokens. And uh, that's also something that's been working out well. There's also a little, little learning curve in fitness because it's not a common thing. 
um, when people first kind of see the tokens, but it's been working. And so just, again, learning from other industries, other really successful companies saying, how do we do that in health and wellness and fitness? That is, I mean, hey, bring it, right? Like if, if the tokens are working in other industries, you might as well try it. And if it, it is working and, and, you know, it's not too confusing for people to understand, roll with it. I guess, what was the impetus for that? Because that is a really, like, where did you pull that from? Because that, I, I feel like you, that's a take it or leave it kind of thing. Like at some point you were like, let's do tokens. It's like, all right, Nate, why are we doing this? So I, uh, after Apple, I worked at a couple of startups and one of the startups was a company called Super Evil Megacorp, um, which had a, a game awesome that name, many game, it's a great, it's the best gaming company name of all time. And, uh, they had a game called Bangalore, which was really popular and being, I was not a gamer. I just, I, I am not a gamer. I was not a gamer, but I went there to help out with a bunch of stuff and being there and seeing how the game works. And just, I learned a lot about gaming and I'm still just a complete novice when it comes to gaming, but I learned a lot. And then after leaving there and, and doing the drift and then recess, as I was thinking about this, I, I don't, I was doing a lot of research on other companies. Again, I think Twitch, I was looking at Twitch, saw that Twitch kind of had their own currency. Yep. Gaming has its currency. Twitch was a good analogy for us in the early days because it's a video based and we were going to build our own video. And I was like, all right, well, maybe we could do something like that. That'd be kind of interesting. And then I started talking to some advisors and stuff and potential investors. I, I threw out this idea. And then at that point, it was confirmation bias because they're like, that sounds like a great idea. I'm like, okay, then. I have no idea this is a great idea, but you're all saying it sounds great. So let's try it. And it was rough. It was very rough in the beginning because consumers were like, what are tokens? I don't understand them. But you're, you're changing. You're doing something new. So the early days are going to be really hard, but people started to understand them and they have been working. And we made changes along the way to kind of adjust for that. But um, yeah, just fortuitous to have worked at a gaming company because I'm not a gamer and then saw a couple other confirmation biases along the way. And here we are. Here we are. Call them hall passes right? That's, their that's actually what they are called. That's Oh, right. no shit. <laughs> no, well, so we have tokens and then you can buy a hall pass on recess. There you go. Uh, so this, there you go. Yeah. If you it's need help, man, brand. just come back. <laughs> yeah, I, no I, kidding. I'm, a, I'm a smart guy. <laughs> that's, that's really funny. Um, so I guess like with that, like, so the, the creator economy, right? There's the creator and then there's the person that buys from the creator, right? We've seen things like, um, Patreon, right? Patreon's mm -hmm. a big one. It's the subscription base, essentially. And whatever yep. you pay for, you then get that extra, right? So I know a lot of podcasters, not myself quite yet. I have a Patreon, nothing's on it because, you know, maybe one day, but there's a lot of extra and ancillary things that can come with it. So the important part is, though, you need the creator and you need the person that buys the creation, right? So how does like a two-way economy definitely makes it a little bit more difficult. So I'm curious, how do you go about that, right? Going to creators and saying, hey, we have this cool platform. Going to need to bring people to it, but it's going to be fun. Or do you go to the people and say, hey, like, just wait. Like, this is going to be the greatest. You're going to love all these people when they eventually get here. Like, how do you slowly build the two of those up equally <laughs> so that it's at least kind of makes sense when both people are coming, you know, on either side of the table? Uh, it's, it's, it's a question I struggled with. And we struggled with very early on when we were thinking about building recess. And, and then... We don't call it a marketplace. I mean, it can look like that. We don't call it a marketplace because it's not your typical buying. What we try to do is bring a consumer in and match them with a trainer, and then they buy direct from that trainer. They can buy, like as I said, this recess hall pass, but that's really more to discover before you commit. So we think of it more, more matchmaking. But in the early days, we started to look at marketplaces and, and like kind of what other marketplaces do and read a lot and researched a lot about marketplace methodology. And it's a simple supply demand. So do you have the supply and no demand? Do you have the demand and no supply? And in reading through a lot of things, we made the decision. It's, you can't really do both at the same time. You got to kind of pick one. And what we did is we picked the supply. But in picking the supply, we also created a wait list. 
So you couldn't just create an account as a creator and start using recess because we didn't want you to have a bad experience where you're a new fitness trainer and you're like, well, where are all my clients? So we, we didn't want that. And doing the wait list, we said, we're going to at first onboard creators with businesses. So we're building the tools so they can run their business. They were doing it on Venmo and YouTube and these other things early on. Now it's a little bit different. So they have that book of business. So we know that they're going to have clients. We, what we told them the early days is, let's help you run it. We aren't going to bring new clients to you yet, but we will bring new clients. So we focus on the supply. And then over the past you know, nine months, we've been starting to focus more on the demand. So now how do we bring more people uh, to, the, to the trainers, the instructors? And we really doubled down on that over the past month. We have you know, a bunch of trainers have awesome success stories. There's one that comes to mind. She was doing a few hundred bucks a month. And then after we started working with her, after six months, she was doing close to 10K a month. And you know, that's awesome. So it's, it's really good. So we can do it, uh, but it, we had to pick supply first. And now that we have, I think, that side of the house kind of working well and growing, now we're starting to lean in the demand uh, because we have that supply that give the demand. Uh, but you're right. It's a, it's a hard question. And it's worked well for us. I don't think it's the same answer every time, but that's the, the path we kind of chose with it. And it makes sense, right? As you said, you're, you're finding those influencer type people, the people that already have the businesses that can kind of pull some of that demand, right? It's like, hey, now follow me over here. And then those people are free to work with whoever they want, right? They don't have to only work with one trainer if they find somebody else that they like. I guess talk to me more about like, and again, we're not calling it a marketplace, but I, I guess I want to lean in on you and on the exact word, but how does... How does somebody go about finding a trainer? As you said, you like to, to pair them and match them, but I'm sure it's not 100 for 100, right? So how do they go about finding yeah. a trainer? Or, hey, like this guy's not available or, or his videos are on demand. I like them live and you know I'm not available at this time. Explain the product a little bit more and how people can really utilize this app from the demand side of, hey, I want to find a trainer and start working out in my living room. Yeah. So what we do is you, you come on the site and you, there, you can sign up and going through the sign up, there's an onboarding flow. And we ask you a bunch of questions. Have you worked out before? Do you like to work out morning, afternoon, night, those types of things. And at the end of the sign up flow, we recommend based on your answers, three trainers. Um, and we also uh, suggest that you buy the hall pass, which is this month long membership. And it, it, there's three levels to it. And depending on what levels you get, you get more content. And so you, we are recommending you three trainers. You have this hall pass. So you can kind of bounce around and try. And then we're seeing what you're doing. And then every week you'll get an email saying, hey, either you didn't use your hall pass this week, so why don't you try these other people? Or we noticed you tried this person twice or these two people, so let's keep doing that. Or here's other people to, that we think you might like. So we're kind of learning with them along the way, but we start with this question intake form that takes a few seconds to do, and we're recommending. At the end of the month, we look at what you did and we'll say either, hey, maybe you need to do the hall pass another month, or wow, you really love Kim's content. Maybe you should just go buy a membership direct from Kim. So here's, you know, what Kim's membership is. We think you're going to love it. Um, and that's kind of how we go about it. So it's, you know, there's an algorithm in the back end, uh, just learning more and more users we get, the smarter we get with it. And the success rate is good, but if it's not good on that first try, we're learning. We're continuing to ping you with like, well, I'll try this person. Let's try this person. What are you looking for? And that makes sense. I like that. I mean, that's that's the best way it sounds like you guys could have done it because it, it allows people to try things out. It, you're kind of staying on top of them because one of the things with working out, right, it's it's the accountability. It's very easy to not work out. Like it's like the easiest thing in the world to not go and work out. But having you guys there is kind of that support a little bit. Hey, you didn't try this. Why don't you try this person or try this person rather than like kind of leaving them to all the options. You're saying, hey, oh, these are the things you like. Try, you know, Mike, Nate, or Kim. You know, try one sure. of them. See if you like it. Try all three of them. Who cares? See which one you like the most. Oh, you really like Kim? Why don't you continue to like Kim? And and so how does the 
payment aspect of it. Like you said, you know, again, random numbers, we just use it was $100 for a session. Is there, you, you brought up membership as well. Is that an option? Is like, what, how, how easy do you make it for people to just say like, hey, like it, it, people always pay for a gym membership. Can they just pay for a recess membership where they can just continue to see Kim on a daily basis, a weekly basis, whatever they feel and just go there? Or is it, how, how exactly does that aspect of it work? Yeah, so there are two aspects. The, the first one, if you're brand new and you don't know what to do, you probably buy a recess membership. So we call it the hall pass. Um, but ultimately you get off that. So you get off that, all the trainers on the platform have their own pricing. So they have their own drop-in rates. Um, you know, Using uh, Kim as an example, she might have a $100 unlimited membership. So you can consume all of her content, watch all of her, attend all of her classes for 100 bucks. She might also have a $50 VOD, so on-demand membership too. And then she might have a five-pack you know, get five classes for $50. So she, she's going to create her own packages and memberships. So you would buy that directly from her page. Um, and you might pay for the 100, you might pay for the 50 or whatever it is. So we try to nudge you in that direction after you're off the recess subscription. And every trainer is setting their own pricing. Um, we try to work with trainers too, like, hey, what based on how much content you're doing and what type of content you're doing, what's the right sweet spot for your drop-in rates and your packages and your memberships? Um, and there's tons of new tooling that we're going to be, you know, coming out with that will do automations for them based on the time of day of your class and how many clients you have, like what's the right sweet spot of, of pricing and all these other things. So, uh, but from a consumer standpoint, when you come in, it's start with the recess hall pass, we'll move you off that, we'll find the right trainer and you'll buy directly from that trainer at, at whatever price point they've created their memberships and packages at. Very interesting. So why, uh, you kind of explained it a little bit, but why are you pushing people away from the hall pass? Is that potentially version 2.0 where they can stay on it? Because that seems like an easy, like, hey, I'll just have the hall pass. I kind of just pop around, do whatever I want. Like, that doesn't sound that bad of a thing, right? No, it doesn't sound that bad. And many people will do that. They can do that now. The reason we try to nudge some people off of it, or many people probably is, at the end of the day, what's best for the, the creators and the trainers? And it's to get those clients on their $100 membership. Okay. So we really think about it as lead gen. If we were a marketplace and truly a marketplace, then we'd want everyone on a recess mm -hmm. subscription indefinitely. But because we're more of this lead gen matchmaking, there definitely will be people that only do the recess subscription because they want to work out with 10 trainers a month. That's just what they want. So that's great. But many people want that direct relationship. They want that community of whoever that trainer is. They want to be able to talk to that trainer ask them questions. So we try to push them that way. And we know if we do that, the trainers are going to grow their businesses. They're going to go from making 40K a year to 80K a year to maybe 200K a year. So that's great. That then creates the flywheel that they're going to recommend other trainers to the platform. Consumers are going to recommend other consumers. So you kind of have two flywheels now spinning, the consumer flywheel and the trainer flywheel. And those obviously intersect. So again, everything we do is back to what do we think is best for the trainers and creators? And we do think that's best is how do we help them get those dedicated clients and grow their businesses? So going back to esports for a second, gaming where you did work, the community, right? Discord is like the biggest thing. I feel like Microsoft just tried to buy them for like what, like ten billion dollars. Like no, 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 we'll try our luck somewhere else. Uh, so shout out them for whatever they're doing. But how how do you go about the the How do you help? As you said, you're helping there for the lead gen. How do you help with that community building? Because I feel like once you get connected to somebody, and once you actually feel like you're a part of not just that person and what they're doing on screen, but also the community of people that are around you, right? Peloton does a great job with the leaderboard and, you know, shouting out everybody. How are you guys helping? And again, every creator is different, right? But how are you guys helping them and understanding, hey, the community is really what's going to get you to where you want to go. That's how you're going to get that 10K a month, that 200K a year, if you really hone in on that community. And that's almost like a second job, right? You know, the aspect of working out and doing all that is, is the most important. But when you can hone in on that community and pay more attention and really engage with them, 
they're going to stay there. They're going to bring their friends and you're going to do much better along the way. Yeah. I mean, community is, is the, the pulse of a lot of what works in fitness, I think, especially for trainers that have, you know, group classes and those things. So coming, we, what we haven't done is focus too much on the community tooling up until now, because we've been learning. How are you doing it today? What are you using? Text message, WhatsApp, group me. I mean, you know, Mighty Networks, there's a million things that people use. So we're trying to, we were learning a lot. What are you doing? How are you engaging the community? And we said, okay, now how do we embed this in the product? Because if we do it, it's going to just make their lives a lot easier by having one place. You can start to integrate your classes and all this other content and make it really rich. So in May, when we launched the new dashboard 2.0, we have a huge community feature section where they can create all kinds of communities with their members. They create their VIPs who are on special membership. They can do one-off interactions with each individual client. They can create subgroups of clients that are semi-privates or whatever it is. So it's a really, really rich um, kind of community tool that we're building. It's uh, medium agnostic. So it's on you know, your computer, your phone, you get notifications, your email, reply from email. We'll probably even have some kind of text integration too at some point. I mean, it's gonna be really rich and powerful. And from there, as people start to use it, we're gonna see a lot more like, what are the features we can give? What, what tools can we give trainers and see what they innovate and they create? And I think as we think about the future of the creator economy with, with fitness and wellness, it's let's give them some tools and kind of see what they do with them. What do they innovate? What do they create? Because that's something we haven't seen a lot of fitnesses. It's all pretty mm, A and B type. Here's just a standard SaaS product, you know, versus let's create a lot of cool tools and see what they do with it, make it more of an innovation center. And then the other thing we have coming um, a little bit later um, after this first release is in the second kind of release of the new dashboard is how do you automate, let's call them retention and those engagement things. So who's likely to churn? Mm -hmm. uh, who's new? Let's send them a message. So not just having the community features, but giving those nudges to the trainer saying, this person's new, send them a welcome kit or welcome message. You know, this person hasn't worked out in three weeks. They're probably going to churn. Send them a little message. Let's nudge them and kind of creating those automations because some of these trainers have 500 clients. That's really hard to, to watch all 500. We don't want to put a bot there. So let's stop before we get to a bot. But how do we create the AI and the automation? So we tell the trainer, hey, you should interact with this person. Now you need to interact with this person because there are other people they interact with daily. So they're good. It's all these other people. Yeah. Um, so a lot of so cool tech uh, that's kind of coming out that will really help the, the trainers uh, engage with community more, build community. Because you're right, the better your community, the deeper community, the loyal, more loyal they are, the more they bring their friends and ultimately the better your business as a trainer is going to be. Yeah, the trainers are going to absolutely love that. I'm sure some of them will be like, do I have to do this? But <laughs> hey, man, you don't have to. But if you want to make more money and, and impact more lives, which is probably why you got into training, this is the way you're going to do it. Because once you have that community feature, I think that's going to absolutely blow up. And I think it's a great point that you make, right? Like some of these trainers have hundreds of clients. It's hard for them to stay on top of everybody. Obviously, we know 80-20 rule is the important part. But there's a lot of, you know, that long tail is important and understanding what you can do with them and, and having you guys by their side and helping them, hey, like we noticed that person X hasn't worked out. Like you might not have noticed because, you know, you're busy with your life. So why don't you do this? This will probably help this person stay on a little longer. And again, you can go back to impacting their lives. I think that's an awesome, awesome feature that trainers will absolutely love, which I think is really important. Um, so kudos to you on that one, Nate. That's a really good one. I wouldn't have had that idea. Hall pass, that's me. Um, <laughs> what you just had there, you can have that one, man. I won't take any credit for it. So um, what are, are there any other evolutions that are coming out that you, I mean, any other cool cool tools that trainers or, or even, um, you know, the, the consumer would like to see moving forward, or are we going to leave it at maybe just those two? Uh, leave it those two for specificity, but definitely tons more on the roadmap and, mm -hmm. and a lot more on the consumer side, because that's something we haven't spent as much time on. So the rest of the year is really going to be a lot of consumer tools, but again, how did releasing those consumer features help the, the trainers and instructors? 
I think it's awesome, man. Nate, this has been uh, this has been great. I guess one question I didn't ask, uh, we kind of just went right into recess and what you guys are doing. Where where did the love of fitness come from for you? Like where where are the like at what point were you like, you know, a mobile fitness studio? This sounds great. Let me just, you know, <laughs> drop a couple dollars onto something like this and try and run this company. Like where where did that come from? It's uh, probably three things. One, sports. I mean, just playing sports, you're just exercising all the time. And then you leave leave college and it's like I, uh, I, the job after college was traveling. So I wasn't in a bunch of like, you know, post-college hockey men's leagues or anything. So like, what am I going to do? I guess I'm going to go to the gym. I was training all the time and, you know, for hockey as it is. So let's, you, you have a basis for fitness. Um, you, you learn how to work out too by being on these sports teams. So I think that was one. Another one was my, my older brother was huge into fitness and just he was a big guy. So just, you know, watching him drink raw eggs in the morning and stuff. I just, I think subconsciously is like, all right, fitness is, you know, something. And then a guy in college I, I used to work out with, and it was just a way for me to keep a routine when I got into business. Like I, I liked exercising. I found it to be a huge stress reliever. And through my twenties, I, I was just, I always worked out. I was traveled a ton in one of the jobs I had. And like the first thing I ever did is what city am I going to? Where's the gym? I don't care where anything else is just where's the gym. So I could keep my fitness routine going. And I knew one day that I, I'd own a gym, but I thought I would own a gym as like a retirement gig on a beach somewhere. And like, that nice. was just going to be where I chill. Club just med, just like the beach. <laughs> exactly. But a lot of things just kind of happened along the way that changed that. And I was going to super evil mega corp and I was kind of thinking about what would be, be after that. And I love fitness. I was like, well, if I was going to start my own company, it would definitely be in fitness. And what would that look like? And one thing led to another and it was drift and now it's recess and I'll definitely be in health and wellness the, the rest of my career uh, with recess. So it's, it happened a lot sooner, but I'm glad it did. Hey man, everything, uh, there's a reason everything happens and I'm glad uh, you figured out yours. I guess one last question, what is, what's the integration like, right? We start this conversation a little bit with like the Apple watch and you know, everyone has a, has a Fitbit or has this, how are you guys able to tap into like an integration with that, that allows the trainers to maybe see like, your heart rate, right? Like I know like what Peloton has, but they have their products and stuff. So like, how are you guys able to do anything there that can just bring more data, more information for the trainers to be able to speak to the consumers more on these types of things? Not today, but in that, ah. uh, when I alluded to the consumer, yes. the consumer more roadmap, things. there's, yes. a, there's cool. more, a lot more things coming. Cause there's, there's just a plethora of information out there and, and, and something we've been talking a lot about fitness, but our ultimate vision is health and wellness. Cause fitness is only one piece of your overall wellness. There's nutrition, there's sleep, there's all these other things. And consumers more and more, especially Gen Z, they're 50% of Gen Z has a wearable. And like, what's going on with all the data? Who's consuming all that data to say, here's an overall wellness plan for you. So down the road, definitely consuming a lot of that, all kinds of integrations, but to do that, to create very personalized recommendations and plans for them, not just to consume the data for, for the heck of it. So not just fitness but we're talking maybe have a dietitian on the platform maybe have right. you know a sleep doctor somebody to talk about right. you know maybe not a, a psychiatrist maybe someone to help with your mental wellness a little bit yep. and i think it's a great idea i'll take that one though you can give me that uh, you know, <laughs> so no but nate this has been absolutely fantastic nathaniel jewel ceo founder of recess where can we find more information about you about the site where can people sign up get you know drop all the links i'll put everything in the show notes for everyone in case they miss it but give us all the handles give us all that stuff Recess.tv is the website. So that's really easy. Uh, Instagram, we recess. Uh, so a little bit different on that one. And then anyone wants to reach out to me, you know, LinkedIn's probably the easiest way. Also on Instagram and Twitter, but, but LinkedIn's probably the best. I love it. I'll make sure everything's in the show notes so people can check it out, man. I think it's a great product. You guys are doing some cool stuff. So I appreciate you coming on and explaining it to everybody, Nate. Thanks for having me, Michael.
Pleasure's all mine. Thank you for your time too. And everyone listening. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So really appreciate that one on you. So thanks everybody. Have a great rest of your day.